Hey everybody, welcome to another another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We've got um, another good one episode for you today. Um, at the recording of this um, episode, um, we would like to talk about what's going on in America right now, in Minneapolis, to be more specific, of the um, the killing, the murder of George Floyd, um, African-American male who was stopped by the police for allegedly a, a fraud scheme or scandal or whatever. He, was, he fit the description. Mm-hmm. And they asked him to get out of the car. He got out of the car. And then what they say, when I mean by they, the police say, is that he started resisting arrest. And then the officer put, um, put him on the ground, had his knee on his neck. Essentially, over time... Um, killing him. Um, you know, Dr. Daniels, the, the thing that really bothers me is after Eric Garner in New York. Right. And I feel like every police force across America should have watched that video. A- absolutely. And, and went through that whole thing. So you say, okay, if the guy's telling you he cannot breathe, do something different. Well, if you're black, though, right, you can breathe in their mind, <laughs> right? Is is, and that's the part that really got me with the video is that he's clearly saying and pleading with the officer, "Can you plead called, nicely?" Called on his mama. Black man called mama. He right. in trouble, right? It, you know, um, you're right. It's, it, it just highlights the fact that if you're black in America, um, life is devalued. I, you know, I mean, that's really that's really the thing. Um, like you said, they their their initial take because they changed their minds now, which is why now it's a murder charge. Right. Their initial take was that the guy supposedly um, was resisting, um, but what they should have known, since they are policemen is that, number one, you have body cameras that you cannot erase. Two, that you're in front of a store, and most stores now have have video cameras. And uh, it just so happened that one of the stores decided, don't know what made them decide, to release a videotape to, um, I'm trying to think of the lawyer's name, but it's civil rights attorney. Um, and uh, so anyway, he popped it up on his website. So now the um, the news media, of course, now has it, and it clearly shows that there was no resisting of arrest. You know, they 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 go to the car, the passengers in the car get out the car. You know, no sweat. They they follow his orders. He gets out the car, no no big deal. They take him, they put his hands behind his back, they handcuff him, and they sit him on the ledge of the store. He's sitting there. Then another police car pulls up. You know, and then they grab him and take him, you know, toward the car. It's not like he was resisting arrest. Right. They were manhandling him, and he was handcuffed. So if you got your hand, your hands cuffed behind your back, how am I resisting arrest? Right. You know, so it, 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 it just highlights the fact that in America, if you are a black man, then automatically there is fear. You know, there and 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 the sad part is, is that um, the other officers, as you know, 
stood there and watched. Yeah. So people always say things like, well, you cannot blame the other officers for one bad seed. No, that wasn't a one bad seed. Right. That's a, a group of, of, of officers that felt comfortable watching this man be brutalized. So there's no need in saying that they were good officers and, and, except for one. It is a climate, you know, of how, how people think. I'm not saying that all white people think that way, but as you probably, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was another video that came out um, of an event that happened less than 48 hours ago where a white female was walking her dog. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Right? And you're walking your dog off leash, which is illegal. Right. Black man tells you, hey, Put a leash on the dog because after all, you know, you may think the dog is friendly, but that don't mean we know the dog is friendly. Right. And what does she do? She approaches the man and tells the man to get out of her face. So the man starts filming her. And then she tells the man, if you don't stop filming me, I'm going to call the police. And then she calls the police and lies and says that this man is trying to attack her. And when the police don't respond immediately, she gives a fake cry you right. know, help, he's trying, you know, uh, uh, fortunately, you know, for, for him, he did have the recording. Right. Fortunately for him, when the police came, they were no longer there because he probably would be dead right now. Right. So they would have shot first, asked questions later. Right. And, and fortunately, her employers saw the video. Right. And so that they have um, suspended her. They should fire her. They, they did. I saw the report today. They, 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 did, fire her. they did fire her. Right, because her, her behavior demonstrates how she feels toward blacks, and I'm sure some of their clients are black. Right. You know, it's, it's just, it, it, it just boils me when people say that we're in a race-neutral society when we, they know we are not. Right. The one thing that I don't know if we're, what corner we're turning but we're, it seems like it's something like the lady got fired. The video came out. The lady got the first they put an administrative leave, then they fired him. Mm-hmm. Then with the Minneapolis Police um, Department immediately fired all four people, mm-hmm. and then you know a couple of days later charged them with right, murder. Right. You know, let's put it in put it in the system. You know, justice system. Let's put it in the system. Mm-hmm. So we know ten years, not even ten years ago, maybe five years ago. That would not have happened. No, and I, you know, I applaud those two. I mean, I certainly applaud that that mayor. Um, right. I'm sure the mayor in the other county has something to do with that immediacy because the, the mayor in the county beside him was a black mayor. And he said that the two were friends and he had right. already called that mayor up and they had had conversation about it. But the video was just so shocking. Yeah. It would be difficult. I shouldn't say it would be difficult because we know with the young boy in Baltimore that they arrested him for riding a bicycle. Right. You know, he's dead now, and they swear up and down that nothing happened. But, you know, this is another story. But reason why I say um, we still have a long way to go, think about the EMT, the, the young lady, uh, that just a couple of days ago, uh, her and her husband were in their home, and they had a, um, a, a warrant, a no-knock warrant. So they go to their house, and... Um, the, the, they hear they hear someone outside, but there is a no knock warrant, so it's not it was unmarked police cars, and it's and it's plain clothes people. So and 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 she's an EMT, 
He himself um, has a permit to carry a gun, all right? But he's in his home, so he really don't need a permit, but he has one. Right. He hears the people outside, thinks it's a home invasion, dials 911, and says, there's someone trying to break in my house. Right. So you would think at that point, someone would have relayed to the police outside that he thinks someone is trying to break in his house. Right. Well, they kick the door in, and he shoots. Because he doesn't know who they are. Right. They open fire on the house and they put eight bullets in the woman and she's in a bra and panties and she's dead. Wow. Okay. They charged the they, they charged the man with attempted murder of a police officer. <laughs> He's locked up right now. <clears throat> you know, so that, I'm, I'm saying in Minneapolis, they did, to me did the right thing. But here's a person that called 911 right. and said, I have a home invasion. So obviously he wasn't trying to kill a policeman. Right, right. They were in plain clothes. His assumption is someone is trying to come in my house. Doesn't he have a right? They always talk about Second Amendment rights when it's dealing with white people. Mm-hmm. But with a black man, you don't have Second Amendment rights. Right. They don't say that you have a right to defend your home. You know, you have a right to do these kind of things. It, it, it is such a double standard. It is, you know, and I, I, I wish that there was a way for white America to really come to grips with what it's like to be a black man in this country. Yeah. Uh, because I don't care how successful you are, you know, uh, it, I, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you are still viewed negatively and as a threat wherever you go. Yeah. It is, it is a major issue. I'm going to um, ask you a question. So I know the police chief in Minneapolis is, is, He's really at a nowhere type situation at this point. Because I don't know if you've seen the video of them riding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're literally the people have smashing those police cars at the police station. Right. And I was telling my wife, I was like, well, if the chief calls SWAT, it's like, oh, now it's going to be, it's going to just escalate the situation. It's going to be another Baltimore. Right. So now I'm going to ask you this question. If you're the police chief of Minneapolis, what would you do? How would I you would go that? on public television. And I would apologize and I would let the people of Minneapolis know that I understand their fears. I understand their concerns. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that those four men get a fair trial, but they're going to be tried and they're going to be tried just as if uh, any other person would be tried. When the, 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 um, the problem that he has is that the police union has come out and said, um, why are they being treated unfairly as if they're guilty without a trial? The four, talking about the four policemen. Right. That's what the police union has said. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, gives a feel that, well, okay, you may charge them, but but are you really going to um, convict them kind right. of thing? Right. Will they get a change of venue? Like, like what happened, you know, out in California when those police officers, you know, um, beat Rodney King to within an inch of his life. You get a change of venue. You go to a white area so they can find you innocent. See, oftentimes when police do these kind of things, that's what they do. Yeah. They, the same thing happened in New York, right, uh, when they killed the young man. They, get, they, they ask for a change of venue. 
They move it to where it's an all-white or predominantly white area, and there are no blacks on the on, on you know on the jewelry, you know right. those kind of things. Right. So I understand their frustration. He needs to he needs to push that issue to that let people know that no, hey, listen, we're going to treat them just like anybody else. See, if I kill a policeman, there's no change of venue. Right. They don't say, That's well, right. we think you can you know you can't get a fair trial here, so let's move you to a place where it's full of black people. Right. You know, where they really are my peers. Right. Who really are afraid of police so that I can get a fair trial. Right. Because the second your lawyer say that, the judge is going to shoot it down. Right. But for them, they do it, you right. know, all the time. Well, they can't get a fair trial. Well, yes, they can. You know, if, if you know, but you move them not where they can get a fair trial. You move them so they can get preferential treatment. And that's unfair. You know, they need to be tried where they did the crime at. Right. You know, it's just that simple. That's what we have. That's what happened to black men. You could try where you did the crime at. So I, I mean, again, uh, and I, yeah, I don't want to push it too far, but I, I, I think that that's what the police chief needs to do. He needs to enforce upon the people that we're going to treat them just like we treat anybody else. See, this, this, this idea that you're innocent until proven guilty is is never been true for a black man. A black man is guilty until proven innocent, innocent yeah. as evident by the fact that they just told them, get out of the car and handcuffed them. Right. You know, they didn't ask them any questions about anything. All they said was, you black, get out the car, and they handcuffed him. Right. Well, it's a nonviolent crime, even if it was forgery. Right. Why, why do I have to get out of the car and you handcuff me? And you don't ask me any questions. He's saying, what are you arresting me for? Get out the car. Get out the car. And handcuff him. So would you would you think... Are you saying that this whole system what the, is, is nationwide for is basically racism embedded in the police force? The training of police officers takes them to a position where even they, they believe that blacks are more likely to be violent than whites. Now, and I, I'll tell you why I say that. I had the privilege um, a few years ago of being asked to come to a, a sensitivity training for senior police officers, okay? Chief of Police of Chesapeake was there. Deputy Chief of Police Virginia Beach was there. Chief of Police, Deputy Chief of Police for Newport News was there. Chief of Police Hampton. Uh, all, senior police officers, right, were there. Norfolk State's... Um, uh, senior, senior, senior officer. And the trainers, it was a white female and a black male. The white female made this comment. She said that statistics show that blacks commit more crimes than whites. <laughs> and I said, that's not true. And she said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. But the problem is that's what you all teach your, your officers. Right. So when you teach them that way, they view us as being criminals from the start. Right. She said, no, uh, Dr. Daniels, <clears throat> you're not right in this thing. And I know you think you're right, but statistics show that blacks commit more crimes. I said, let me explain something to you. I have taken statistics and I understand statistics. Maybe you don't. <clears throat> what the statistics show is not that blacks commit more crime. It shows that blacks are convicted of more crimes. Right. It shows that blacks are arrested for crimes more than whites. I said, let me give you a simple example. I'm an ODU alumnus. 
At the time I went to ODU, it was a predominantly white school. Probably about 5% of students were black. Right. But also I'm a North State alumnus because I went to both schools. Now, when I go to a Norfolk State football game, um, they, they tailgate, all right? Um, when you leave a Norfolk State football game, you don't get escorted by the police. But the police do put tickets on your cars if you park wrong. Right. The tickets are there watching you when you leave. Right. And they do pull you over if they think you're, you're drinking. You go to an ODU football game, predominantly white. They have the tailgating. The police are right beside where the primary tailgate lot is right. for those alumnus that you give huge donations. Right. A good friend of mine, he brings his bartender from his restaurant <laughs> out there. <laughs> right. Okay. So you know, I mean, and they're drinking, they're all they're, they're having a great it's no way with all that alcohol that they leave there being within the legal limit of drinking. Right, right. You follow me? I follow you. But the Norfolk police is right there. And 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 what they do, they wave people through to get the traffic rolling. They stop nobody. They give right. breathalyzers to nobody. You can't tell me that that's not against the law to drive drunk. It is. Right. But they just let them leave. At Norfolk State, it's a whole different ball game. Mm. So it's not that whites commit less crime. It's that whites are arrested less than blacks are arrested. See, that's the reality. But when you put that in the police officer's mind, that every time you see a black man, he's, he, he probably has already committed a crime. Right. It sends the wrong message. I blame the training and I, um, of police officers for these problems, and I blame the unions when they refuse to accept that there are police officers that are racist, you know, in their ranks. Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's impossible for the as a nation for the police force to not have anybody racist in the thing. True. So you. But you got to put forth a type of system that at least lowers the um, the uh, ability for racism to seep in it. And that's supposedly what the justice system is supposed to be. The lady's sitting there with the two things and she's blind. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. But you cannot go and stack things up like the lady with the statistics, you know, in there. That's stacking the deck against black people. Because if you come in... If you bring a person out of the academy, you put them in the academy, and you first thing you tell them is this statistic, mm -hmm. okay? So now you say, okay, now I want y'all to go work in the hood. Like, little kid riding his bike down the street, they see criminal, you know? And they just- Not just little kid. Yeah. They see you walking down the street. You know what I'm saying? They see criminal. It's like, <laughs> but I'm saying like, when you see a little kid that's on his bike- Mm -hmm. Just going to the basketball court. Right. They're right. seeing, well, is he is he running drugs with somebody? Is he just like, he's just on his bicycle, mm -hmm. you know? Now, if you see him riding his bicycle 10 times in the same direction and stopping on a corner that you know drugs are sold at, okay, I get that. But if he's just randomly on the street riding his bicycle, why are you even approaching that? I even say this. If you see him stopping at the same spot, that don't mean he's running drugs. I'll tell you why I say that. Because when I was a kid, I knew drug dealers. I talked to them all the time. They lived in my neighborhood. Right. So it wasn't like I was going talking to them because I was selling drugs. Right. Now, granted, as I got older, it was true. But I'm just saying when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> because those were my brother's friends. And those right. were my friends. 
So you you would just you know you you just want you want to be big. You want to be grown. So you right. you know you ride by, you stop and you talk to them, and they might tell you leave me alone going over here. Then you would come back. You would do things like that. So I'm gonna ask this question. Um, since we're on the, talking about the kids, is there what can we do for as crime in the black community? What can we do to prevent it? You know, in the black community, what can the black people do to prevent crime in the black community? Well, they can stop stealing, but. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to, to say what can we do to, to, to decrease crime in a black community um, is the same thing that you do to decrease crime in the white community. You know, uh, uh, for some reason, we have allowed, in my opinion, see, we've allowed America to put a false narrative as if it is only the black communities where there's, where there's a high rate of crime. And that's my point about the statistics. Crime rates are published based on who got arrested and who got convicted. There is crime in all communities. Just because you live in a predominantly white community don't mean nobody's not snorting coke. But see, if you're snorting coke in the white community, no one is, you know, they're not in that community arresting people. They go to the the minority community where the person comes to buy, you know, the, the white person buys the coke. But why don't they follow the white person back home? Right. When they get to their half million dollar home and they know they brought coke in there, go in there and arrest everybody for doing coke. Right. Kick that door down, you know, because even it may be recreational, but still it is illegal. So I mean, that's the thing I'm saying is that white people steal just like black people steal, you know. But the difference is, they call it they're kleptomaniacs. It is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> See your psychiatrist. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I mean, you know. White people, DUI, they kill people. If you watch the ID channel, for example, uh, these white men are cutting up white women Yeah, every day. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're killing them every day. But whenever they see a white man, they don't think, you know, he's a serial killer. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily think that the crime in the black community is greater than crime in the white community. In any impoverished community, um, people try to get by. Yeah. So it's different kind of crime. That's that's what I just say. You know, in the black community, you may sell a little dope to pay your cell phone bill. Right. Obviously, you ain't big time. If you were big time, you wouldn't be in the community. Yeah. You know, but we've always said, um, black folk don't fly planes for the most part. Right. Black folk don't have speedboats for the most part. That's right. So cocaine is not homegrown. Right. So where did it come from? If it didn't come from the black community, it must have came through the white community. Yeah. Right? Uh, marijuana in, in, in large quantities is not homegrown. That's not the black community. That's the massive community. So uh, I, I, I don't want to blame the victim. Mm-hmm. And that's, what I'm, that's why I'm phrasing the way I'm phrasing it, because I'm cautious. Because if you blame the victim, then what happens is it exacerbates the problem because it allows yeah. police officers to keep looking at us as a problem. Uh, and that's not the problem problem is the way we're viewed i've i've always said that if you want to make a statement i've always said you want to make a statement have a hundred to two hundred black men walk to the police station to fill out applications 
You owe it. Well, well you know, they ain't going to sell. I said, that ain't the point. The point is you're saying, okay, it's time to change the system. We're going to change it from within. Out of 200 people, they got to hire somebody because they don't want on their books 200 African-Americans applied mm-hmm. and 200 African-Americans, you know, denied, right. you know, and you know, the application. So apply f- to work in the police force. And I was going to talk about earlier is the police got to start policing themselves. That's the key. See, I, I you hit the nail on the head. That's the, and I mean, you keep on, you keep yeah. on talking about yeah, it. So you are, they need to police themselves because those four other officers that was there watching him do that. When the guy said he couldn't breathe, like I, I, I get it. You in the zone, you making sure everything's going on. But the second you hear somebody say, "Hey, man, I can't breathe," you go say, "Hey, get off of him." Then if you don't move, push him off of him. Right. And then even if he got an issue with you pushing him off of him, y'all could take. You know, we used to say that in football. You could take the locker room. Same thing with the police. Like we can handle this. We can talk about it later. But you're not gonna have this guy. Like now, I'm getting charged because because of, of you. Right. Right. No. 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 Like. You need to get off. You got to police yourself. The guy says, help. Right. He says, I can't feel my legs. That, that's a key, a, a, a key uh, um, stress right there. If I can't feel something, that means that pressure point on my neck is causing me some real problems. Right. See, I, I, you, 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 you really hit it where it, it needs to be. The problem is police don't police police. Police protect police. And they say all the time that that's not true. That's a bold-faced lie. It right. is true. Right. The unions always come out trying to protect the police. I don't care what happens. They say it was justified. You know. So the, the, until the police themselves let it be known that we have an honorable profession and we will not allow you to come in this profession and make us look bad, you will always have people that come in thinking that they can do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, they, at some point they're going to have to Chick-fil-A the situation. What I mean by Chick-fil-A is like they take employees from other places and they act completely different when they step foot through the door at Chick-fil-A. And it's because of the culture that they have there. You've got to change the culture of things and at the police station. I'll, I'll, I'll say this last little point, and then you, you probably have more expertise than this than I do. Think about any sports franchise. You know, once you get beyond high school, because you got to get to where the players really have more influence. Okay? Right. The players will make a decision. This is a winning team. Mm-hmm. You can't bring a losing attitude here. Yep. See, the players police the players. You mess around, and if they call for an extra practice, if Tom Brady says we need an extra practice before we play in this particular game, mm-hmm. they're going to show up. Right. You know, the coach doesn't have to make that call. You know, if 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 if, if that if that star uh, pitcher or that star you know uh, uh, um, um, shortstop says, you know what, infield, we need to be here at a certain time. Mm-hmm. You know, we need this. People show up. The police are different from that regard. They don't make that connection within themselves and say, listen, we are tired of getting people viewing us in a negative light. Rather than them saying, y'all need to view us in a more positive light, they need to start changing their actions 
Right. So we will view them in a more positive light. Right. Talk is cheap. That's what my father would say. Talk is cheap. Takes money to buy land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also with the police force is we're beyond you coming out with the kids and playing basketball. Like you come out once every, once every blue moon to come play basketball with the kid. Like, I'm not saying you should stop doing that, but how about you come out, you know, in a t-shirt, you know, police t-shirt, like you're somewhat, you're off duty and meeting with the people in the community, just talking, just regular conversation with people on a regular basis. Another thing I think um, we need to, that they need to stop doing is allowing police to live outside of the community that they're policing. Mm -hmm. You should be, you should be in the same district living there that you're policing. Absolutely. Cause you need to be able to go to the grocery store and see the people and they see you, Hey officer, such and such. And then vice versa. So when something goes down, they're not, Vice versa, not afraid. There, you know how the police are always talking about how we can't get information, you know, for certain people. Like, well, if you know these people, and if you know a little Johnny is, you know, he shows up police. He like, you know, his parents. You know, he's a good kid. He might be just got kind of hooked up with the wrong people. Now you say, okay, do you? I'm gonna let him off, or like, let's do something different. Mm -hmm. Or you, or if you know little Jimmy. Been hell on wheels since you know day one. He he need a wake up call. You already know all this, right? But if you from outside living outside the neighborhood, you don't know that. And if you and and you treat them as human beings, right? You treat them as human beings. You know, and I'm I, I'm a, one last comment that I want to just bring up. Think about what happened to the white boy in Texas that was convicted of a crime that that um, did not even go along with the judge's orders when, when he said he was going to give him probation instead of, you know, oh, yeah, no yeah, time. Yeah. And then he had to, the judge had the nerve to say that because of the boy's wealthy background, he shouldn't get locked up. <laughs> you know, because of your wealthy background, you shouldn't yeah. get locked up. Or think about when the, when the, when the uh, Korean woman um, in, 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 in um, LA you know, shot the little girl because she thought she was stealing something and the girl had paid for it. And so I she hear about shoots that. her. Yeah, she sues her in the head and 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 she gets convicted. Okay. She gets convicted. And the judge says, white female judge says, well, it really wouldn't benefit society to lock her up. Cause I think that she has already suffered enough to know that she erred in shooting the young. You see, right. the, the, the bottom, see, when you view black lives as as being nothing, you know, when 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 we do stuff and and we just get the full letter of the law, there were four young black boys that um, that what they did was wrong. Okay, four young black boys that did a house invasion at a, on, on on a campus at a first, uh, a fraternity house, mm -hmm. and they raped the, one of the girls that was in there. All right. The least amount of time they gave them four boys was forty-three years. These were teenagers. Right. Forty-three years. Okay. One of them got fifty years. That's the least amount of time they did. They, they had from forty-three to ninety-nine years was what it was. So they didn't. They're not, they're not even eligible for parole until they get forty-three years in. in. Right. Right. 
white folk kill people. Right. Get 23 years. 25 years. For, for killing people. Right. And they got 43 years. Now, I'm not saying what they did was right. Right. The inequity of how you view black lives. If there had been a white, a black woman they raped, ain't no way in the world they would have got 43 years. Mm. The sad if a thing white of, man rape a black woman, he gonna be home with an ankle bracelet. Right. And, and, and that's where the part of the justice system where it really fails at. Mm-hmm. And, it's the judges, it's the prosecutors, and as well as the police. And, and until judges are fair, until prosecutors are fair, the police have backing to do what they do. Yeah. It's it's it really is a shame. I mean, we can keep going. I know I know we're way past our, our normal time frame. No, we good. I don't know. It's just such a volatile thing. You know, I guess we probably need to do a, a, a series on it or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So thank you all for listening. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.